Where's my boy? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sitting at home reading a periodical and this is the call I get. My son is a bootlegger. Ow. <laughs> Who put you up to this? Was it her? All right, wait a minute. I think you've got it backwards. My George isn't clever enough to hatch a scheme like this. You got that right. What the hell does that mean? That means whatever the hell you want it to mean. You're saying you want a piece of me? I could drop you like a bag of dirt. You want a piece of me? You got it! Jerry uh, Stiller died over the weekend. The combative Frank Costanza from TV's Seinfeld. As I rained blows! <laughs> <laughs> that was probably my favorite clip so far. The uh, Festivus one. You want to play that again just for fun? Don't we all need a little mood lifter? Here it comes, everybody. This is going to be great. Many Christmases ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. I reached for the last one they had. But so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A Festivus for the rest of us. As I rained blows upon him. <laughs> I realized there had to be a better way. Oh, man, that writing is so good. Oh, and then the delivery, of course, is oh, genius. Yeah. Uh, for our podcast today, we're going to play the entire George Gets an Interview at a Bra Factory oh, boy. clip. It's like three minutes long. That'll be our podcast. We'll discuss. <laughs> Fantastic. Our, our, what's our podcast? One more thing. Yes. You go to armstrongandgetty.com if you want to listen to the podcast. It gets uh, millions of downloads. So. Oh, yes. Very popular. So this is worth noting. Uh, unprecedented as everything in the last couple of months has been unprecedented. Seems like everything for the last several years has been unprecedented. But General Motors and Ford, for instance, which had stopped making cars for the first time ever, and uh, Fiat Chrysler have all said they intend to start production again on May 18th. Toyota expects its plants to reopen May 11th, which is when is that? Any minute now. It's today. It's today. Yeah, the 11th. What I thought. Today, Toyota start cranking out again. Mercedes-Benz already resumed operations at a sport utility vehicle plant in Alabama and South Carolina. So in Alabama and South Carolina, you could open your car plant back up if you wanted to. And people mm. could go back to work. And I'm sure they got wearing masks and they're wiping stuff off and they're socially distancing. But in the Bay Area of California, where Elon Musk runs his Tesla plant, they're not going to let him do that. Uh, he said he wanted to open up this last weekend, and the county said, no, you're not. No, you're not, because we're in charge. And Elon Musk tweeted over the weekend, frankly, this is the final straw. Tesla will now move its headquarters and future programs to Texas slash Nevada immediately. If we even retain Fremont manufacturing activity at all, it will depend on how Tesla is treated in the future. In a separate tweet, he said they're going to file a lawsuit against the county. Well, when he made that declaration that the business climate is so hostile, I don't want to do business here anymore, employing many thousands of people, billions of dollars in production and, and the rest of it. Well, there, and the potential that if it really takes off the way he plans the Tesla thing, oh, you're yeah. talking tremendous amounts of tax revenue for decades to come. Right, right. Well, the response from San Diego Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez, who's a a leader right now of the Democratic Party. Now, wait a minute. Is that name familiar? Yes, this is the union hack who foisted the horrific AB5 on California that knocked so many freelancers out of work. 
ruined the ability of stay-at-home moms to make a living on the side. Gig economy workers who liked what they were doing and liked the way they were doing it have been told by Lorena Gonzalez and the government, you can't do that anymore. We don't think it's good for you. Truth is, she's a union hack. She just wants everybody to be unionized because she gets paid by the unions. Uh, Indirectly, of course. But uh, so anyway, Elon Musk says, listen, I'm moving to Texas and Nevada immediately. This is too hostile and, and capricious and ridiculous. Her response was, F-U-C, you know what, Elon Musk. Wow. F Elon Musk. She spelled it out. Wow, that is amazing. That, that's a different climate we're in now. Can you Just imagine one of the greatest? An elected official? Yes. One of the greatest innovators and, and, and business people and employers in the state. Her response is F Elon Musk because he doesn't run a union shop. And listen, you twit, and that's with an I. Yes. Um, you, I assume you're green. You're part of the cabal that wants to drive us all out of combustible engines and ride bikes or drive electric cars? Maybe cynically. She's, Te- she's a union hack. Tesla's the only hope for electric cars that exists in yeah. the world. It's the only only chance there's ever been a glimmer of hope that people might actually switch to electric cars. Right. So while Lorena Gonzalez was cursing Elon Musk... Dan Crenshaw of Texas said, Texas gets better every day. Good conservative principles make good governance and attract the best and the brightest. The future is happening in Texas. Well, as you saw, Mercedes-Benz already opened, reopened in what was that, Alabama and South Carolina? Yeah. Well, California regularly ranks DFL among states for business-friendly climate. Regularly, F-business. Regularly 49th or 50th. Lorena Gonzalez is F-business. Nevada's Congressman Dan Rodimer uh, says uh, he's running for Congress. Nevada needs these jobs. Most of all, right now, Elon Musk would love to have you in Tesla HQ right here in the Battleborn State. So there's a little difference in the attitudes there. Elon seems exactly like the kind of guy that would actually follow through on this. Yep. Yep. Well, especially because a guy like him is not going to put up with a single woman. Alameda County Health Officer Erica Pan on Friday announced that the company would not be able to reopen despite some of the lifting of limitations and Elon Musk's uh, detailed plan on how they'd only have 30% of the workers, they would separate, they would cleanse, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they still said no. And I'd like to know how many people were involved in that decision. Does she get to make that decision on her own? Yeah, apparently. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Tens so th- of billions of dollars at stake. And one person with who knows what sort of training and expertise gets to make this decision? Yeah, what sort of path do you take to being a county health officer? I, mean, I know the, the gal in my county is just either detached from reality or just a weak act or not world-wise or worldly-wise or something. But So you got this one woman in Alameda County says, no, what's her statement? It's, it's some beautiful... Uh, Uh, I scrolled past it. Here here we go. We've been working with them, but we have not given the green light. We've not said it is appropriate to move forward. Fine print men. Yeah. Um, Is Gavin going to weigh in on this, or is he just going to let Tesla walk out of the state of California? Wow. I wonder if he he means it. I wonder if Elon Musk means it. I'll bet he does. Do you know the only wild card? I think it's guaranteed he goes unless there's only one thing that could keep him. What's his wife's name? Destiny? Mystery? Oh, Grimes. Grimes. His, his partner. Only if Grimes... Oh, that's right. Not married. Uh, Put if, a ring on that thing. If Grimes says, I don't want to live in Texas. I heard it's hot. That's the end of it. Well, where he does his business and where he lives are not 
necessarily the same thing. Excellent point, Sean. Yeah, only, how- only an idiot like myself would think it meant that. He can just jump on a SpaceX rocket and blast himself to wherever. <laughs> right. Anytime. And they can take Ash X360 with them. You know, I wonder. <laughs> I don't think that's the child's name exactly, but it's frankly close enough. Um, I wonder if, in, or you remember when AOC went big on keeping, uh, was it Amazon? Yeah. Out of New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of her district? Because they're mean, they're mean, big business people, and we don't want business in New York. Well, they weren't going to have to pay taxes, and she made the argument that if they paid taxes, so they were missing out on all that tax revenue right? without the part of the argument that, well, they wouldn't be going there if you charge them the taxes, so you're not going to get them anyway. Right, and that there will be a windfall of tax revenue through the business and their employees and the rest of it. And all the additional sales and and restaurants and everything else that would pop up. There would be a windfall of tax revenue. But as a simpleton socialist, she didn't get that. But that really hurt her, that episode. I'll be interested to see what happens at the ballot box this time around in her district, although they're so far left. I wonder if Cal Unicornia, if they drive Elon Musk out of the state, if that will have a similar echo, if that will wake up. Some of the voters in the great deluded state of California who just hate Trump and hated George W. Bush that, wow, maybe this we're not being governed so well. Ed, it's, it's, it's a fantasy, but you know what? I'll hold on to it until proven otherwise. We just got a text before we take a break. I've sent you my share of texts over the years, and I've never heard a response either on or off the air. Hmm. I've just come to the realization that either I've got to step up to the level required for you to put it on the airwaves, or I have a wrong number all these years. <laughs> I'm really starting to wish I knew the answer. Well, now you know the answer. It's the I, former. I, you, you might, you might, yeah. It's possible you'd have been happier to find out you had the wrong number than to find out, no, you're getting through. Um, doesn't mean I've seen them and discounted them. I, I don't read yes, every text. <laughs> I don't read, read every text we get because, <laughs> thankfully, because we have a large enough audience, we, we get a gazillion texts and I catch as many as I can, but. But you specifically, po- he's told me off the air that he's he's read it and just really not up to... Oh, here's old 352. Yeah. 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 He's, yeah. he's at it again. Wait, more of his crap. Hey, guess what, Sean? 619-454 texted again. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so, not any better than yesterday. It's only that. Our non-sharing of your text is specifically and absolutely an indictment of you. Mm-hmm. Actually, they had just texted. They broke down the $2.3 trillion divided by the population of the United States to come up to $7,600 per person. Um, which is a lot, but uh, last week the Wall Street Journal said total cost is going to be eight trillion, and then yesterday Larry Kudlow on uh, one of the shows said nine trillion. Ooh. He's thinking this whole thing is going to cost the taxpayer nine trillion dollars—a virus that dropped out of nowhere uh, could have not happened if a couple of things get changed. Yep, nine trillion dollars. A lot of economists say it'll be at least ten years to recover. That's just the 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 businesses jobs thing recovering. The nine trillion dollars thing won't happen in my lifetime. Shaking that out will be complicated and and incredibly uncertain. Inflation, interest rates, who knows what? Well, I guess we'll find out. But anyway, keep thanks, China. Keep sending your text four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't know. I went to a, a, quite a few. Um, Would they I went just blow you the, off? Um, there was just no answer. Yeah, like I went to, I think the Guardian. Probably there was. Um, I reached out to NPR, to the New Yorker. I mainly stayed with like PBS, NPR, New York Times, those kinds of. Yeah. Why do you think they were blowing you off? I don't know if they were blowing me off, but I don't. But I think people need to understand when they're trying to tell a story, it's not that easy. I think. You know, you go to the tip lines or you go, if you're not a known citizen or a known person, you don't necessarily get a platform to come forward. Uh, Tara Reid continuing to not sound like a crazy person in her interview with Megyn Kelly. Well, I don't know, Tara. I understand that if you just call kind of a random tip line that it might be hard to get through. On the other hand, I think if you're a woman who calls the tip line and says you got a claim against a a conservative Supreme Court justice... (laughs) They call you back. Yeah. Not so much if it's Joe Biden. She also gets asked a question because she talks about how she couldn't get, um, she hasn't been contacted by, uh, she talked about Kamala Harris, but I, I, I saw she did, she said she didn't get contacted by anybody in Democratic leadership, any of the big Democrats. I mean, Nancy Pelosi didn't want to talk to her or n- none of the people that made such a big deal. Kirsten Gillibrand didn't call her and want to hear her story, you know, from her mouth. Wow, didn't even want to hear it, much less come down on her side. It's as if all their protestations and shouting and chanting was completely phony. But did you hear that? All the the, the call letters and publications she named there that wouldn't do an interview with her? Unbelievable. Wouldn't even call her back. Hey, I was raped by Joe Biden. Yeah, whatever. She does not sound like a crazy person either. No. Uh, I don't know what happened. I still think it's unlikely that it happened, but, um, you know, know, we're pointing out the hypocrisy. That's what we're pointing out. Yeah. Uh, By the way, this is from, uh, who's this from, Sean? Newser. What's Newser? Uh, Newser, their slogan is, no more, read less. So I love it. (laughs) <laughs> um, but uh, but they're just an aggregator of, okay. of of news around the world. But anyway, uh, next for Kamala Harris, she's looking beyond vice president. She's a top contender for vice president, they say. But she also she is utter, utterly unappealing. It would, That's the national media. It must be. I don't. It would be a shocking choice to me. Shocking. I mean, they saw her flounder and 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 go from. The, you know, the it girl to please get off the stage. She's like the classic example to me of the more she was exposed to America, the less people liked her. Mm-hmm. I would think that the Biden campaign would read that. But, but, but if you're assigning the role that uh, kind of Elizabeth Warren gets gets put into of, you know, the VP's the attack dog. Sure. I think Kamala could be a very good version of that. I You know, mass appeal and whether or not she can get people to turn. Well, that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But in that... Uh, Trying to find somebody to do that role, I think she fits it pretty well. well if she I'm, would prosecute, yeah. having been a prosecutor. If I'm Biden, I'm taking Elizabeth Warren over her for that job. Elizabeth Warren's really good at that. She did, she'll do that thing she did with Bloomberg on stage in the one debate, you know? Yeah. Old she, and white, forget it. For, well, not even <laughs> worth considering. It's all about race, Jack. All right. Race and age. Do you check boxes? That's all that matters in modern America. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping that I hit a bottom on Friday night with my eating. I'm going to get my act together. Sore subject. The weird way I got into it, I'm I'm on this Andy Warhol kick right now. I'm reading this biography and everything, and I'm just fascinated by the whole thing. 
But I was reminded in the biography, and I ended up watching. Do you remember the Andy Warhol Super Bowl ad years ago? It was him eating a cheeseburger. It's a movie he had made long ago before he died. He died in 87. Oh, um, right. It was him eating a cheeseburger, but they superimposed the Burger King thing on there. So it was, it was a Burger King ad. It was him eating a Burger King cheeseburger. Mm. Anyway, so I saw that. 10.30 at night, I leave my home oh, on a Friday what? night. I go out in my pajamas because oh. I'm in bed. I go out and get what's in my... Your, what's your footwear situation at this point? I'm wearing some sort of sandal. Okay. And I go out and get in my uh, <laughs> get in my truck, 10.30 at night, and drive to the McDonald's, because I don't like Burger King, and I get two quarter you pounders... You don't like Burger King? I had two quarter pounders with cheese and a large fry. Oh! It was like 11 o'clock by the time I got there. What? Pleased to find out, by the way, they're on sale for $5. Two quarter pounders for five bucks right What? Now. Wait a minute. I know. Now you got my attention. And you know, first of all, they were delicious. But I uh, I had the one in the fries and thought, I can't eat the second one or I'll be sick. And by the time I got home, I thought that second one sounded pretty good. So oh. I ate that, driving with it, driving with my knee while I ate that second cheeseburger. That is some serious <laughs> compulsive eating oh, there. that's a bottom. You didn't finish the fries, did you? No. Okay. There were a few left for my son because he wanted some. Oh, but, how uh, generous of you. <laughs> Here's my scraps, boy. <laughs> But I think I've hit and bottom. When you were you're leaving your bed in your pajamas to drive to get fast food, having already eaten dinner earlier in the night, of course. And it's a problem. Armstrong and Getty. Because I'm sure a lot of people are wondering like what the turnout ended up being. This and then a line down the street. So much for some of those people saying nobody would show out. And our patio is full too. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the support, guys. I gotta get back to work. That's a um restaurant that opened up for Mother's Day. Defying the rules, right? CNC Coffee and Kitchen in Castle Rock, Colorado. They uh Said we're standing for America, small businesses, the Constitution, against the overreach of our governor in Colorado. Purple Colorado, and the people were lined up around the block. There's a story out of Fresno, California, where they arrested an old man outside a waffle shop. Uh, the waffle shop opened up despite orders to be closed and arrested a man and ended up with a scuffle and all kinds of stuff. All right. The chief of police said, I'm concerned over the manner in which this incident was handled. It doesn't appear to be consistent with our department's policy. In other words, the uh, law enforcement officer in question went too far, but that's what people do. You give them, uh, it's just uh, fine print men. Some people are just built that way. Right. And this is the rule. I'm going to enforce it. Doesn't matter if it makes any sense or any other excuse. Extenuating circumstances make no difference. But let's put the government in charge of more and more aspects of our lives, please. And you get that sort of thing. Unbelievable. I'm surprised but that that Colorado story, though. I'm looking at the picture and everything. Uh, man, people are just jammed in that restaurant and lined up around the block. There's only one person in the whole place that is seen wearing a mask. Uh, maybe that the whole mask denier crowd was there. Um, well, I suppose we'll see what happens. Um. I wouldn't want to be in a crowded restaurant right now, depending where I was. I'm not going to a crowded mes- rest- restaurant full of people with no masks, especially with my kids. Yeah. 
Yeah. Call me whatever names you want to call me. But Well, especially with an immune-compromised kid, though. Guy got uh, killed by a shark. Monterey Bay, California. North end of the bay, surfing. Chewed on by a shark. Did he have it coming? Twenty-six? No, no. He's twenty-six-year-old guy. Everybody says he was a wonderful guy. Customized surfboards for a living, and uh, he's one of those joyful folks, brimming with life. They say. No, so he was just a surfing. Sharp, he wasn't chewed like him in half. Tempting fate in some way. The way sometimes you hear these stories, like that. Oh, I don't think so. He's yeah. just surfing. He was doing what he does. And uh, somebody, some uh, gal who's been running drones off the beach in that area. Said, yeah, she'd uh, observed, uh, what did it say, Sean, a couple of dozen? 12 to 15 in the recent weeks. Yeah, great white sharks just swimming around. They weren't, you know, acting aggressive. Maybe they weren't hungry yet. Um, f- yeah, 15 sharks while out in his boat. Counterpoint, they're sharks. They're always acting aggressive. W- or can at a moment's notice. Yeah. So a that's gruesome. too bad. That'd be a gruesome way to go. Yeah. That's a caveman death right there. Let's say. Et by a beast, yeah. So Poor, poor son of a gun. I shouldn't have been surprised that the Sunday talk shows did not spend much time at all, if any, depending on the show, talking about the documents that came out late last week that made it even more obvious that the whole uh, in trying to impeach Trump on being in bed with Putin. I mean, you know, the original the original narrative, right, on the way portrayed on Saturday Night Live and everywhere else was, Putin and Trump worked together to steal an election in ways that are just as scary and awful as anything that's ever happened in this country. Mm -hmm. And it turns out uh, with these documents that came out the other day that a lot of our people at the very top of our intelligence gathering apparatus realized there was nothing there at the very early on. But they got jobs on MSNBC and CNN, so continued to talk about it. As if there were something going on. And if it became clear that they went off half-cocked and went to the lengths they did of spying on American citizens and the rest of it based on really crappy information, they knew that could come around and bite them. So they were really interested in continuing to push that narrative just to save their own butts, I See, think. it's easy to forget. It's, it's easy, it's easy, so much has happened since Trump was elected. And then you got the coronavirus and everything on top of it. The impeachment that actually happened about the Ukrainian phone call, that phone call happened. And, you know, I think anybody could make an argument that something was going on there. Man, I mean, I look at that, whether or not it's impeachable, all that sort of stuff. But this is before all that. Right. There was nothing freaking with this Russian deal. A couple of years worth. Yeah. Um, and Glenn Greenwald started tweeting over the weekend as he d- read those documents and started getting into it. And Glenn Greenwald is no fan of the Trump administration. Guarantee you been very harsh at times very um but this is what he tweeted and there's a number of tweets in a row there were a small group of journalists on the left and right and he mentioned some of them um a handful of journalists skeptical of the russiagate conspiracy theories that were far more reliable than cia mouthpieces at cnn msnbc and washington post who got rich with books and showered themselves with awards he goes on to mention Matt Taibbi of the Rolling Stone, a couple other people I don't know, at M. Tracy, at Aaron Jamate, I don't know who that is, who are also among them. Molly Hemingway, too, right? Yeah, uh, whose yeah. reporting and questioning were vindicated, while the roster of ex-security state agents and award-drenched CIA dupes spread falsehoods and lies for years. The U.S. elite media is so polarized along partisan lines, especially those who feign neutrality, that it became a tribal litmus test. Absolutely. You were either 
you know, you're showing your stripes by, oh, yeah, clearly Trump's an agent of Russia, or he's not. Sure. But if you, you were skeptical of it, you were clearly for Trump. Well, can you picture a, like a Bay Area, California, San Francisco Bay Area liberal standing up in a, a gathering where everybody's talking about Trump saying, you know, I don't think he's a Russian agent. I think that's a stretch. They would be shouted down. They would be berated. They'd be tossed out. And he goes on to talk about what I was just mentioning and how little coverage he got over the weekend. The refusal of the CNN, MSNBC, Washington Post, CIA media to cover the devastating new evidence impugning key Russiagate pieties proves what they were doing. Not journalism, but propagandizing. COVID-19 is no excuse because they cover other things. Their audiences don't know these docs exist. That's right. If you watch MSNBC, you don't even know this stuff exists. Mm-hmm. You know about Flynn being let go and how awful that is and Trump's the new Hitler, et cetera, et cetera. But all those documents that came out about the origin of the Russian investigation not being covered over on the NBC side of things. And I watched the Sunday shows yesterday. They covered plenty of other things. They dipped into the 2020 election and the... You know, the the sex scandal with Biden and a variety of other things. Didn't get to this stuff, though. Mm, ran out of time. And then he quotes Chris Hayes of MSNBC, who uh, replaced Chris Matthews, and I think is the uh, most honest person they got over there at MSNBC. There's absolutely a subculture of conspiratorial thinking among Democrats or the broad anti-Trump coalition. I would be a, I would 100% concede that, he told The New Yorker over the weekend. Um, and then Glenn Greenwald says, here's just a sample of what liberals puked up after I cited Chris Hayes' interview acknowledgments that there's a conspiracy craze subculture. And then he's got a whole bunch of tweets from uh, various people on the left uh, continuing to ignore, ignore that information that came out late in the week. Or insisting that Glenn Greenwald, for the love of heaven, is right. a right. agent of Vlad Putin or a Russian bot or whatever. Sure. That's the only explanation. I tell you what, this there's a piece um, in the uh, National Review. I think it's Andrew McCarthy. Oh, yeah, Andrew McCarthy, which is really, really interesting. It's the uh, the timeline and the anatomy of the great political um, narrative of the the Russian collusion and the rest of it. And what what's clear to me now is, and he spells it out pretty well. The FBI and the White House knew about Flynn's call with Kislyak, the Russian ambassador. And the Obama administration was absolutely shocked that Russia didn't retaliate when the U.S. announced sanctions against them. I remember being confused by that. Right. And so, but the transcript was known, and Flynn had talked to Kislyak, and they talked about um, sanctions, and, and, and Flynn urged. Uh, Kislyak to pass on to Putin. Listen, don't escalate. Let's let's be cool. Let's see if we can work things out. But it was known there was absolutely no quid pro quo. And and honestly, even if there had been tr- charging somebody with the the um, it just flitted out of my head. The Logan Act is just laughable. And that was cooked up, they think, by Clapper and Comey. But so and it may have been. Uh, I hate to use the word innocent, but I'll use it for now. An innocent. Error. They thought clearly there's some sort of collusion between Trump and Russia, or else Russia would have retaliated. And so the Obama White House, and I mean the White House, because the Department of Justice was to a large extent out of loop on this stuff. It was the FBI and the Oval Office going directly to each other in a way that is very odd and very different. 
Um, Comey was meeting with Obama personally on this stuff, which is clearly the DOJ's province. But so he was like skipping several layers of his bosses to go directly to the president. But so what happened was they convinced themselves of this narrative and they okayed these extraordinary, you could argue, extreme measures like wiretapping Trump Tower and and getting FISA warrants on Carter Page and the rest of it, they believed fervently there was something going on, and they went so far to prove it, they dirtied the hell out of themselves. They did things they absolutely should not have done. But then, you know, as we were saying earlier, having discovered very early in the process the, the Steele dossier was a joke. There was no quid pro quo. Um, you know, a Carter Page wasn't up to anything. They figured that stuff out super early. But then a lot of these same people, when Obama left the White House, went on cable news for years, still hinting darkly about the proof that they'd seen. That was to cover their own asses, at least to let enough time go by mm. that. Because people don't, it's it's a funny thing. If somebody does something horrific um, in the FBI today, they're all, people will howl for their skin. If we find out they did it six years ago, people are like, oh, that's that's too bad. They shouldn't have done that. It's just, I'm sure the there are different diminishes. people now or something. Right, exactly. Well, at least they're gone. So that is the long and short of what's going on here. Hmm. I don't think it was any sort of we hate Trump, so we want him out. I think they thought there was a quid pro quo with Russia that was improper, and they lost their minds because they also hate Trump. So then they just commits covering their own asses with the able help of Adam Schiff, who is one of the great liars ever. Is there anybody going to pay a price for this? I don't think so. Um, I would guess no. Other than there, the reputation of some of our institutions that we need to have trust in? Yeah, there's a chance somebody might get charged with something, but probably not, honestly. Once they're out of office, nobody cares anymore. Right. Nobody has the will to prosecute anybody. And these people, and there's a whole playbook. You, they hand it to you when you walk into the White House or Congress or whatever. There's a playbook for dragging your feet long enough that it doesn't matter anymore. Uh, I've been teasing this the whole show. I probably should pay it off. Since it's the only sports to watch in the entire world, who do you root for in South Korea baseball? Yes. Which team? Who's the, who's the, who's the, who's the team you'd love? Who's the team you would hate? I need the plucky upstarts. I know exactly who that is. All right. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I told you guys before I have a 30-page document that we submitted to the... uh, to the governor of Nevada and the governor of Florida on how to pull this off safely. Uh, now we've got one under our belt. And we're willing to share, um, you know, our information with anybody. I know that other, that the leagues have reached out. There have been leagues that have reached out. Um, different states have reached out to us. Um, and, and, yeah, we're going to share this information with everybody, and hopefully, you know, live sports will be back very soon. That's Dana White of the UFC. They've held a couple of matches, and he's trying to tell other people how they can do it. From everything I hear, I just heard rumors that the college football season is going to be canceled. Um, Sean's feeling pessimistic about the NBA. Uh, NHL might not come back. So I don't know if we're going to see anybody. But the highest profile sports actually still happening on planet Earth, and there ain't much, Korean baseball. And it began its season this week with a 10-team league 
The highest profile sports on the planet currently operating. Who do you root for? Let me tell you who's who. I would root for the Doosan Bears. Why? If you're a front runner and you just root for who's the best, that's who you root for. No, and I just boo. I don't understand rooting for bad teams. Boo! Bears suck. They've won the uh, Korean World Series in three of the last five years, so they're the best team. We're gonna turn the Doosan Bears into bearskin rugs. On the other side of that is the Hanwha Eagles, who have missed the playoffs eleven of the last twelve seasons, but have a tremendous fan base. They are like the Cubs before the Cubs got over the curse. Oh. Pre. Pre getting over the curse Cubs. Threw up a Cubs fan. Maybe the Hanwha Eagles are for me. Kia Tigers. They are the blue bloods of the Korean Baseball League. They draw the highest television ratings, attract fans around the country. They've won 11 titles, but they haven't been that good recently. Think Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's a pretty good comparison right there. The Key Womb Heroes. Well, are the Dodgers, frankly. I mean... Of course, they would have been champs if Houston hadn't cheated. The Kai Hoom heroes are the renegades of the KBO. They have one of the lowest payrolls in the league that somehow win by doing things differently. Think uh, Oakland A's or Tampa Bay Rays. I love it. That's my team, the Kai Hoom heroes. Yes, the Kai Hoom yes. heroes. Get a hat. Yes. Maybe I'll get a hat for them. Hero's going to kick the Bears' ass. Because I was looking at the hat for the Doosan Bears, and it's just a big D on a hat, and people will just mm. think I'm rooting for a... You know, a local college they don't know or something. Dayton. I, I want a wacky, it's obviously a Korean baseball team hat. I don't know what that would be. How's the hero's gear look? Oh, let me look up the Ki Hoom hero's hat. Ki Hoom? Ki Hoom. Probably Kai Hoom. Kai Hoom? Ki Hoom? Kai Hoom heroes. Yeah, I've heard they really got a good team this year. Oh, yeah, they do things differently. That's what I hear. <laughs> you know what? Really they, innovative. they want it more. Oh, boy. That's th- th- their backs have been good. Nobody respects them. And our Korean sports talk has officially become as dumb as the American version. Final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Kihum has just got a giant K on their hat. Yeah, it seems very generic. They're not very imaginative with their hats over there in South Korea. Yeah. Come on Disappointing. Uh, here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the hour and the day. There he is, pressing the buttons in the control room. Michelangelo, final thought? Yeah, I had a family member set up an umbrella in the backyard for shade, and the next-door neighbor calls and wanted to make sure they weren't having a party or gathering. All right. Folks, quit spying on your neighbors. Just take care of yourselves. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. You need to egg that house, Michael. I'll help you. Positive Sean, do you have a final thought you'd like to share? Yeah, yeah, Jack, you didn't make it to the team that I was hoping to adopt as my South Korean team, the the, the SK Wyverns. I, what, what is, what is, who are they akin to? I don't know. They What's got nothing the... on the Wyverns, and that's me. The unknown mystery <laughs> variable. The it, interesting team. You're yes. a Wyverns fan? Why? I don't even know what that is, by the way. <laughs> it's a it's a sort of dragon. Oh. I can, I can show you pictures. Oh, okay, it's very Asian. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us? Is there one that's the bats? Oh, Lord. Oh, I hope not. Kind of a pun on baseball bats and hanging bats. Oh, and covid bats. Um, Yeah, I've got to get my act together. I left my home in my pajamas at 1030 at night and went to a McDonald's. I mean, that's a sign of something, isn't it? Don't you have to go like to a 90-day rehab or something if you do something that egregious? Mm. Uh, my final thought is, now that I'm back in the studio, boy, at home, it sucked. I had a 
comfortable chair I had all my screens in front of me. My printer was hardwired to the computer, and it always worked. I knew where all the supplies were. My bathroom was always clean because I washed it myself. And snacks and coffee were about 15 steps away in the kitchen. Oh, it was terrible. Good to be back. Oh, and one more part, obviously. Oh, had, didn't have to drive back and forth. Yeah, you'd be, in two minutes, you'd be, be at home. <laughs> well, and, you know, and, and obviously there are advantages to being here, but I was getting up at the same time. Getting and away I was from spending, the old lady? <laughs> no, trust me, no. Um... <laughs> I was getting up at the same time, so I was spending all that time on getting ready for the show instead of driving back and forth, which was really kind of nice. Yeah, sure. I could get up 45 minutes earlier. Well, it's a legitimate question all across the country. <clears throat> Is there a reason to start going back into the workplace? I was doing pretty well no. at home. No. <laughs> I tell you what, if we could get the video conferencing thing about 30% better, and I think we could with just a little effort, yeah. then I think the balance would go the other way, honest to goodness. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. All the podcasts are there, plus some cool swag. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say how very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. Then we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Armstrong and Getty.